in this path of tasawwuf and saluk there's something called adab there's something called adab adab is the plural of adab is the black one on Adab is the plural of Adab. Adab means that way of doing something, that manner of doing something, that etiquette, that propriety, the proper way to do something, so that a person gets their matloob and maksood deeper, better, lasting, long-lasting, everlasting. So if we do something without Adab, or with less adab, and maybe we will get some benefit initially, or temporarily, or temporally. But if we do something with adab, and if we do it with the highest adab, and if we do it with the truest adab, especially the adab of Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam, then we will get a lasting, everlasting benefit. Now Sayyidina Rasulullah taught the Sahaba adab, but adab is also something that naturally comes inside a person when they have ikhlas and taqwa. So when you read the hadith and as well as the seerah and the athar of the sahaba, then you can see the adab of sahaba ikram leaping out at you. You will not be able to see so many specific gatherings, specific point-by-point point adab that Sayyidina Rasulullah some taught him in this sense in hadith. But you can see all of these adab captured in the lives of the Sahaba, lived in the lives of the Sahaba. And there are many aspects to adab. And then the mashaykh of tasawwuf. Which one is You will see in the life of the Sahaba Ikram a lot Adab and the Mashaikh of Tasawwuf one of their aims and goals because Al-Ulama Waratata Anbiya that the Ulama are the inheritors of the Prophets the Ulama of this Ummah are the inheritors of the Prophet of this Ummah so because one of the functions of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was Tazkiyah. So the Mashaykh of Tasawwuf, the Ulamai Batin, wanted to bring Tazkiyah into the people. There are several things they looked at. One, they looked at the way Nabi Karim verbally did Tazkiyah of Sahaba. But second, they looked at the product of that Tazkiyah, which is the Sahaba. And they found things in the Sahaba 
that they could not trace back to any explicit words of Sayyidina Rasulullah So they analyzed that and they were able to identify ingredients of adab and once they identified those ingredients of adab then they began to teach people that adab so imagine if there is some item, let's say a food item and the, manuf- and the box does not list all the ingredients but on the box you have two or three ingredients well then if there's a person who is an expert in a lab If there's a person who's an expert in a lab, they can analyze that. Brother, can I just keep it near? Okay. They can analyze that item, and they can identify what the ingredients are. And then now, if they want to replicate that food item, they can make that same replicated food item. Yes, by using the ingredients that were mentioned on the box, and then some ingredients were there. But they weren't explicitly mentioned on the box, but they can replicate those ingredients and make the same item. However, when they find the ingredients in that item, the ones that aren't on the box, even if they're not listed on the box, there's no doubt that the manufacturer of that item put those ingredients in that item because that item was made by its manufacturer. So what does it mean? This long explanation and example was that the adab that the Sahaba Ikram radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in had all of those adab were as a result of the tazkiyah and tarbiyah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu part of that tarbiyah was zahir and recorded in words and part of that tarbiyah was a fez-e-batin that occurred during the time of them being in his suhbah so that is why again in the Mashaikh of Tasawwuf there is going to be two aspects the Zahir and the Batan but then as time went on in Islamic history then you will find one after the other Mashaikh written vari- writing various books in which even they try to make the Batan Zahir what does that mean? they give a Tabir to the Batan they describe those things and certainly Imam Rabbani Mujadid al-Fasani Shaykh Ahmed Hindi has described in words so many things that actually are a reality in one's batin. So one Shaykh, Shaykh Amda Wahab Shalani Rimulatala, he has written many books on Tasawwuf and Saluk, as well as being a great faqih, he wrote Al Mizan al Kubra, one of the greatest works on comparative fiqh in our deen. In one of his works, he talks about Adam. And he became the, that work became the defining treatment of adab in tasawwuf. So much so than thereafter many, I wouldn't say all, but a great large number of mashayikh used to then teach their salikin from the adab of that book. And that was originally written in Arabic, then it made it into the Persian tradition of Tasawwuf. And then our ulama Deoband, the mashayikh in Akshaband, they brought that into Urdu as well. So our own Shaykh in his in this Urdu work called Shajr Tayyibah which is essentially almost an Urdu translation or Urdu rendition of a Persian work from the Silsila of Nakshabandi Mujaddidi Tariqa he has also used those Adab of Shaykh Amda Wahab Sharani Rimulatala that have been coming through the tradition 
Last year we did a set of adab known as adab tariqat What does that mean? That the person who is a salik on the tariqah, a person who is a seeker and traveler on this path, what are those adab, what are their, those points that if they keep them in their heart and they make them a permanent feature of their life, then they will be able to travel better and farther in the tariqah. And in all likelihood, I could easily repeat them this year because most of you probably don't even remember a single one or two of them. <laughs> Allah Akbar. Right? Here, but we'll continue. And this is what I told you last year. That this year we would do adab of what is... or do peer bayonke adab. Means the adab towards the fellow seekers on your path Adab towards the fellow seekers of the path and Adab towards fellow seekers in seeking Tazkiyah and a lot of it is even applicable to simply speaking your Adab towards your fellow Mu'mineen and Muslimin. Some of you may remember that Imam Ta'ala in the Ihya Al-Muddin there's a section which we talked about in England as well, duties of brotherhood. Actually, that actually was brotherhood on the brethren of the Sawwuf but again, a lot of it is going to apply to our, our attitude, our behavior, our feelings, our outlook, our dealings, our interpersonal relations with our fellow Muslimin and Muslimat. Murid ko chahiye ki jo cheez apne liye pasand kare, vahi apne bhai ke liye bhi pasand kare. Tamam adab ka khulasa aur nachor yehi hai. It befits the murid and it befits the seeker on this path and the it befits the traveler on this path and the seeker of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whatsoever they prefer and like and love and wish for themselves they should like and prefer and love and wish exactly the same thing for their fellow traveler on the path, their brother or sister on the path. And this wish is in fact the summary and the essence of all of the adab towards the brethren on the path and the further details will be mentioned subsequently. This is actually a very well-known sahidith of Sayyidina Rasulullah in which the Prophet said that none of you completely believe it means that none of you have perfected your imam until you love for your fellow Muslim what you love for yourself right and this also in hadith is mentioned as the khulasa or the essence of the way a person should be towards their fellow mu'min if a person has this what happens Number one, you were saved from lust. Remember Sayyidina Rasulullah when that young man would tell him that would you like anyone to do zina? And that could have been the fail of zina. It could also have been the nadar of zina. It could also have been the khayal of zina. Would you want anyone to do that with a woman who is your sister or a woman who is your daughter or a woman who is your mother? So he said no, right? And why did that have an effect on him? Why did this manner of reasoning have an effect on him? Because he was a sahaba, he was sahabi adab, he had been trained. But he was so overpowered by that feeling, he couldn't look at it that way. 
But the second Nabi Karim Sassam alerted him to that angle and perspective of looking at it, well, he was a Sahaba, he loved for his fellow brothers, but he would love for himself. So this adab can save a person from even major sins, let alone having good interpersonal relations or good working relationship or good feelings towards someone. It can save a person from major sins such as lust. Similarly, a major sin such as hasad, right? Hasad is the antithesis of this hadith and this meaning that instead of loving for your fellow Muslim which you love for yourself, you love for yourself what you don't love for them and you don't love for them what you love for yourself. <laughs> you don't want them to have something that you wish you had. So just as an example, these two sins of shahwa and hasad, even that is resorted. Even that is cured from the khulasa of the master adab. This is something that if one can only imagine that centuries ago the mashayikh of the Sovo felt the need to articulate this. So this means that this is an age-old historical problem that people can't get along. Yes? And people cannot always retain positive feelings about one another. And forget you and me, think about the salakin of the past, Allah Akbar. These salakin 400, 500, 600 years ago, they would be like the mashayikh of today. Hmm? Even the most ordinary salak would be the greatest shaykh of today. But apparently, given that the mashayikh of the sawwuf and the rehbar of the salasil, the imams of the sawwuf, had felt the need to articulate this, and then write it and then teach it sabkan one by one means that this is an age-old problem. So the first question that comes in people's minds is why is this a problem? And I can tell you for a fact that many people who observe certain things, many people are very perceptive. And when they observe some of you or some of the women, they can sense certain things and this is the question they ask. And some of them actually write it to me or ask it of me. I don't understand if this person or these people are following deen, they're reading Qur'an, they're following Sunnah of Rasulullah their appearances according to the Sunnah, they come to all these talks, they cry in dua, they all seem to be wanting the same thing, they want Allah SWT, they want deen. Why can't so-and-so and so-and-so get along? Allah Akbar. Now one would want to say that this is a problem amongst the women, but these texts classically were written by men for men and taught by men to men. So it seems that centuries ago this problem existed in the men. And yes, of course this problem also exists in the women. And then you can tell by this that these people who were these Salakin, they were Muridin of Kamil Oliya. So it doesn't mean some people think, oh the Sheikh must not be Kamil. Shaykh must not be Kamal. Why? Because Murid is not Kamal. <laughs> On that system, you will not be able to pass any other Shaykh other than Sayyidina Rasulullah because only and only Jamaat of Sahaba are Kamal. Even you cannot say every one of the Tabin or Tabar Tabin are Kamal. Right? Plus, this establishes that they were Kamal Mashayikh, but the Muridin still had issues with one another. So that was true historically, you can completely expect it to be true today. Still the person asks, why? Why is this the case? I also used to have this question, why? 
notwithstanding all the explanations I've given you, still, because this is human nature, ek sawal jo jata hai na, when you get a question, and when that question grabs hold of you, it doesn't let go that easily. Hmm? Why can't people get along? Why can't people get along? First answer is that they don't follow. They haven't properly started following the recipe for getting along. They don't follow this hadith of Sayyidina Rasulullah that explained to a person how to get along. Second, they don't know and or follow these adab. They don't follow the way the Mashaikh have identified to train a person to become like the Sahaba Third reason, that this is a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in fact, my observation has been that even in some places in the world and in some tariqah, some some tariqahs, sometimes the shaykh is a test for the murid. What does that mean? That sometimes the shaykh and murid have awkward relationships. Sometimes when money is involved, sometimes when business is involved, sometimes when family is involved. And then if there's a tariqah, where the shaykh and murid don't have that awkwardness, then I've seen that especially then Allah Ta'ala tests that tariqah by having the murid have awkwardness with one another. That's been my observation. So in fact, the more kamil the shaykh, my view then, is that the more kamil the shaykh, the more this will happen. Because when the shaykh is kamil, then there won't be any fitna and friction between him and the male or female muridin. So then where is the friction going to come? Because Allah Ta'ala tests everyone and everything. So every murid will be tested in their tasawwuf. Yes, some will still be tested in their sincerity and loyalty towards the shaykh. But many times in, in this day and age, this is where they're tested. This is where the trial comes, the imtihan comes. In their sincerity and love and loyalty towards one another. And yes, this is something that exists in the men and it is, exists in the women. Just like this was mentioned as the khulasa adab, you can imagine then the khulasa to the reason why there is no adab is hasad. The master sin in terms of relationships with fellow human beings, let alone fellow mu'mineen, let alone fellow salikin is hasad. Min hasidin iza hasad. It's such an evil. Allah declares in Quran it is the evil that refuge from that evil can only be sought from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's such an evil. Before the Hasid does any amal, before the Hasid does any karwai, before the Hasid does anything, just his Hasid, nafs Hasid, just the feeling he has is so evil that a person needs to seek refuge even from the feeling that person has. And yes, we've seen also practically, it's so evil. It can tear the hearts apart. It can hurt the hearts. It can break the hearts. It can derail a person from the whole tariqah. It can derail a person from the whole tariqah. So that's another reason that shaitan wants to derail the salaking. Shaitan is after number one mu'mineen. Then number two, he is after those mu'mineen who are trying to become salikin. That's not necessarily exclusive to salikin, but salikin are definitely amongst those mu'mineen who are trying to become salikin. 
So that means shaitan's extra special effort and focus is going to fall on the salakin. And what better triumph for him than to make them salakin hasidin. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Why? Because you, I've told you this before. That shaitan loves to mold people in his own picture. Hmm? And what was he? He was the hasid of Sayyidina Adam So he is the master of hasid. Just like Kataneke, dude wala similtai. Allah, Allah wala similtai. Hasad, hasad wala similtai. Hey, someday. Or asal hasad wala iblis. Yes? He is the master of it. It says master attribute. Just like if somebody is a master teacher, they can teach with their eyes closed. Hasad, to put hasad in a person, to iblis ke liye That's just a walk in the park for him. Hmm? So if his master target are those mu'mineen who are trying to become salihin and his master weapon is to make them hasideen, now you can understand why this happens. So much so this happens in ulama also. It's not just tasawuf. Allah Akbar. Oh, it happens so much in ulama that the ulama made a muhawara uh, proverb in Arabic. Al-mu'asratu asl munafara. That the Muasra Ham Asrahona to be of the same age, to be companions, to be fellows and colleagues in the same discipline, hmm? is the asal, is the jar, is the root of munafara, of two way enmity and hatred and hostility. And yes, those who study the history of ilm, they also get perplexed when they see that. They don't understand. <laughs> such big ulama and they have such nafrat for one another. And you can, there are certain instances of that today, right? So it's a reality. It's a reality. Now we cannot wipe out the real, entire reality from earth, but maybe, if, and certainly if we put enough effort, it is possible to wipe out the reality of it in our heart. So in order to equip the Salik to do that, that is why our Mashaikhtan identified these Ada. And really, you know, if anything, my own feeling is that I've taught you this way too late. <laughs> this should be one of the earliest things that a person learns and is taught so that they can be free from this at the outset. They can be uninhibited. Before I, in fact, I probably will start it formally tomorrow. Today I just wanted to make some introductory remarks about this. Some reasons why it happens, because this is going to be the theory, there will be practical tips in it as well. But I'm going to talk extremely practically. How does it happen today? And it may happen, some of these things may have happened earlier. One reason this hasad happens today, two reasons basically, one is sifat and one is khidmat. Sifat means that if somebody is more Zi istidad, zi hunar, has more sifat than us. And specifically the sifat that are mutlub in deen and tariqah. And that is something that ignites a person hasan. Whether they do more dhikr than us, whether they even cry more in a bayan than us, whether they score higher marks on an ilm examination than us. Hmm? We are so acutely aware of the sifat of other people. Hmm? 
so aware. This is another failure to do amal al hadith. Sayyidina Rasulullah said, Min husni Islam il mar'i tarku ma la From the beauty and excellence of a person's deen, Islam, is that they leave that which doesn't concern them. To put it in very simple English, mind your own business. Mind your own business. Why can't you mind your own business? Alhamdulillah, we gave a whole talk on this in the early days. Mind your own business. Allah Akbar said it like so hundreds of times in that talk almost. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. But it's true, this is a perfect American English khulasa of that hadith. And we don't do that. In fact, some people are so acutely aware of others, if I give them the list of the exam scores, they look at everybody else first, they look at their own last. Yes. <laughs> they look at everybody else's scores first, they look at their own last. <laughs> this is the level that some people are in. It's sifat. And beyond looking around instead of looking at oneself, right? If they hear one tear looking around, or who else is crying instead of looking at oneself. So we don't do Amal on Hadith. We're too acutely aware, overly concerned, overly interested with what is going on with other people. Another reason why we have this problem with Sifat is our own Ujub. We don't like seeing Sifat in other people because we actually think we are the greatest people of Sifat. And some ulama say that say, oh, the Hasad that Iblis had for Sayyidina Adam was born out of an Ujub. Because he says clearly in Quran that I'm better than Ana Khairu Minhu. Right? I'm better. I view myself to be better and you are treating him as better. That's what he's saying. I view myself to be better. How can you be treating him as if he's better? So that's what it is. I view myself to be smarter. How did they get higher scores than me? I view myself to be the more loyal one. Why is he getting the khidmat done from him? It's how we view ourselves. And the sof was actually to tell you to stop viewing yourself as anything. And this person is still viewing themselves as something. In fact, this person is viewing themselves as the something. This is another reason. The sifat. And the second major reason, core reason, that this problem happens to, so in Sifat for the women, right? That I'm the greatest teacher, I'm the greatest mullima, I should be given this sabak, I should have been given that sabak to teach. Hmm? I should be giving the teaching and instead I've been given the photocopying. Yes, <laughs> right? I wanted to teach Mishkat and I've been asked to teach Sarf the first year. I wanted to teach Mishkat the third year. Hmm? Too aware of one's own sifat. So curious about who has been assigned to teach what and where. Or, another way that this issue of sifat comes, numbers. Numbers. Hmm? And how many number, num, number of people? means number of attendees. Well, so and so gave a beyond there and I gave a beyond in the other neighborhood. How many people came to her beyond? I have to find that out. I actually had not even counted how many came to mine. <laughs> but I need an exact head count as to how many came to hers. <laughs> and if they find out that less came to hers, the joy is uncontrollable joy. Unimaginable joy. And if they find out more women went to her, unimaginable sadness, crippling sadness. 
Yes, he felt that she was the one who was the Yisifat. The second thing is Khidmat. Khidmat. There are some things that I will be fair to you also. I never understood until I was on this side of the Sawaf. Because the true Ashik Sadiq of the Shaykh, and this is what Shaitan does, Shaitan, another thing he does, his twisted, demented expertise is to take that which is pure and make it impure. He doesn't even want to go to the... He's not even worried about the one who has a bit of impurity already in him. He knows that that impurity will fester. Yes, really. As if so he goes to that Ashik Sadiq. Yes. <laughs> and now every Ashik Sadiq of any Shaykh in the world wants to do Khidmat. Right? And wants Qurb. Now there's one Qurb that is general, but there's one Qurb that in terms of physical proximity or additional time takes place in Khidmat. So then he first he sees that ishk, so then the person gets sad, right? That I'm not able to do the khidmat. Or in let's say for some women that Sheikh doesn't stay at my house when he comes to the city, right? Or I'm not able to cook for the Sheikh when he comes to the city. Hmm? Or I'm not able to drive the Sheikh when he's in the city. Whatever it might be, right? Because obviously when Sheikh comes there's only gonna be one house he's going to stay at. There's only going to be one or two few women who are going to be able to cook, right? There's only going to be one person who drives them. So, when you come on this side of the table, right? Because I've also been, alhamdulillah, Ashik Sadiq on that side. We're also Ashik Sadiq of you. story <laughs> That's for us to talk to the fellow Mashaikh al and they... But anyway, right? So we were on that side of the table... That's what everyone feels. Everyone feels. When you're on this side, actually it's... And I, I did try to explain this to some of you once, I remember. But not in great... And probably tonight also I can't explain it in great detail. And these things actually aren't meant to be explained in great detail. These are those things that... Jisne badalna hai, uske liye ishara kafi hota hai. Bhoot se deen mein se baat hai. Bhoot se cheez hai se. Or bil khusus adab or sifat hai se. कि जिसने बदलना है उसके लिए इशारा काफी है और जिसके बस में बदलना नहीं है पूरी तकरीर भी काफी नहीं हो सकता जिसने समझना है इशारा काफी है और जो समझने की सलाहियत नहीं रखता आप जितने वीर तावीर करें वो समझ नहीं पाएंगे दिस आल्सो एक्सपीरियंस दिस इज फ्रॉम बोथ साइड्स वी हैड दिस एक्सपीरियंस नो दैट्स and that was different than the Kalbi Akal that they're talking about. So when you come on this side, it's actually merely an intizami thing, right? Just like the CEO of a company, he has one secretary. In the building there are probably a thousand secretaries, but he has one. If you told them that no, all the secretaries love you, I'm talking in an administrative sense, right? And so what would my rational intellect tells me, so to keep everybody happy, every single day, one of, different one of them should be your personal secretary. Would you be able to function? You won't be able to function that way. He needs somebody who can understand his ishara. Then he needs somebody who can predict his ishara. Then he needs somebody who can read his mind. Yes? 
needs somebody who can eventually read his mind. And that and you'll see that's what they say. The top CEO he'll say that half of me is my personal assistant. So they all they know what I want. They just do it, they get it done. Even before I say it half the time or otherwise they just have to say word half the time. It doesn't mean she's not better. The other executive vice president will say the same thing about his assistant. The other executive vice president of the other division will say the same thing about his assistant. What's the reason? All three assistants are fine. The reason is, is that you have to have one. Right? If they all even rotate amongst themselves, those three executive vice presidents, the three assistants, none of them will be able to say that. None of them will be able to say that. So there are certain aspects of khidmat that are like that. Right? So there are some who are great drivers. Hmm? Some who are great technicians. And there may be others who are equally great drivers. But you only need one driver. You don't need a thousand drivers, a different driver every day. It's still hard, I appreciate, for you to understand on that side. Right? But the mundane khidmat, the intizami khidmat, that's what it is. And Allah Ta'ala has His own way, He makes those positions rotate and revolve. I can see with our own Hazrati, several people who were his driver, including myself, that was the main driver in America. Yes, <laughs> Alhamdulillah, right? But when I came here, no, and I was stunned, I expected I would be the driver here. I wasn't, I got upset. Yes, I used to feel upset. I won't take our fellow's name, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like when Hazrati was in his car. But once I caught Hazrati on the highway, at the park I was going to Jang, and Hazrati was also coming from where, and we met at Pindibatiya. I insisted Hazrati had to come in my car. Hazrati switched and he came in my car. And yes, I was so happy, all the way. And part of my happiness was, yes. <laughs> so that's there on the other side. Once me and, me and one fellow, we raced on the way to the airport. And third car had Hazrati, and we were racing to see who would be the one who's right behind Hazrati. The whole way Hamar Mustiyat Chandra, near accidents took place between ourselves and between ourselves and several other cars. Yes, even South Arakans and could learn a thing or two from that me. Yes. <laughs> but I never lost my love for that person. I never had any hasad, hatred, hostility for that person. By the time we reached the airport, we were both laughing like anything when we got out and we met one another. Right? And sometimes we still joke about it. If just there's the two of us and nobody else is around. So, but the point is the person should never feel any hasad, any bogus. Well, there's a little bit of play that may happen, that may be allowed. The guideline in everything in our deen is Sharia. If ever you get a feeling that is against Sharia, means now you have to pull back. You have to do something. You've fallen. Pray to your nafs and shaitan. So the negative feelings that are going to be tried to be cured in this series, hasad, boghz, ghil in Arabic, boghz, qina, qina in Urdu, right? Envy, malice, Spite, hatred, dislike, resentment, ill will, negative feelings, su'izan, assuming the worst, and also shak and shubha, thinking that maybe that person they sit in the backbending of me, 
or maybe they were laughing at me, or maybe they look and they think they laugh at me. All of these things, it's a whole world that comes when a person doesn't have other. This is why Sayyidina Rasulullah said, adab. That deen, the entirety of deen lies in these adab. Once a person is in adab, it's like a fortress. Then a person can focus on what they're really supposed to do. And that's a big lesson for us also, right? That those mashayikh who are actually trying to teach people zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bring them to fanayyat, they realized, right? And in order for people to be able to do that, you had to put them in this fortress of other. You had to put them in this fortress of other where they could learn to live with one another. Another reason this is so important is that actually the potential to benefit from one another is also tremendous generally in our deen and also on this path of saluk and tasawuf. And certainly a person will always be interacting with one another. Now there may be different tabiyats. There may be some who benefit more from others, some who are a bit more loner. That's also fine. Again, there's a reasonable room of scope, of variation and play. Right? But if ever there's a situation that arises in which the deen and the work of deen would have benefited from teamwork, even the loner has to be able to do that. He'll also only be able to do it if he or she knows these adam. So the training has to be there. This training which we call tabiyya. A person always has to have that training. Because at any moment, right, that training would benefit them. And like many things in the deen, when we learn them, our niyat should be of amal always. Allah Ta'ala knows best when He may give us the chance to do amal. Right? When we may be put in such a situation. And even though you may forget some of these things, the barakah of the ikhlas in a person's niyyah is when they find themselves in the situation they will remember. They may not remember word for word, they may not remember that sentence, but they will remember the teaching. So this is what, that why they call it in English to inculcate adab, to instill adab. means you have to listen to it and internalize it so it becomes part of who we are and then whenever we're faced with that test whether that test comes as a trial from Allah subhanahu wa or a waspasa from shaitan, we have something inside of us that can protect us or make us successful in that test or protect us from the whisperings of shaitan. So inshallah ta'ala, this is the introduction and this is the niyyah and the intention with which we should try to learn these adab that we want to do amal on each and every single one of them and even until the time for amal comes we want those adab to be part of us we want these adab to be our sifat we want these adab to be our hakika. we want these adab to be part of who we are in every sense of the word may Allah Ta'ala make each and every one of us a person of adab and may Allah Ta'ala grant us all of the adab of all of the anbiya wa mursaleen alayhim as-salam ajma'een wa akhir da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alameen Nakeejay subhana rabbil alwahab Allahumma salli ala sallallahu muhammad wa ala ala sallallahu muhammad wa barik wa sallam Ya Rabbi Kareem Jukal Alati Qur'aniya Kalimati Sharifa Salawat Al-Nabiya Jukbaragate Ya Rabbi Kareem Sabka Hadir Salli Sawab Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Artamam Anbiya Mursaleen Sahabai Karam Tabin Tabai Tabin Mufasreen Muhaddisin Mujtahideen Fukaha Usuliyeen Siddiqeen Sadiqeen Salihin Oliyai Kamilin 
الخصوص معنا مشايخ صلاح علیہ نقش بندیہ مجندیہ چشتیہ قادریہ سروردیہ شادلیہ شتاریہ قبرویہ رفائیہ یا اللہ الخصوص معنا حضرت خواجہ فضل و دکریش رحمت علیہ حضرت خواجہ عمد مالک صدیق رحمت علیہ حضرت خواجہ غلام حبیب رحمت علیہ اور حضرت جی دعوت برکاتہ امد علیہ اہل بکر من کا ارواح کو یہ سفا پہنچا ہمارے دل کو ان کے دلوں کے ساتھ نتی فرما ہمارا قلب کو اس سلسلت القلوب کا ایک ادنا سا حصہ بنا اہل بکریم جو ان کے صفات تھے صدیقین کے صفات صالحین کے صفات اہل بکریم ان صفات کا اکس ہمارے دل میں نازل فرما اہل بکریم اپنا کرم کا معظم فرما فضل کا معاملہ فرما علم بکریم ہم اپنے آپ کو جوڑ چکے ہیں نتھی کر چکے ہیں علم بکریم آپ ہمیں جوڑتے رہنا ہمیں جوڑ کر رکھنا علم بکریم آپ اپنے فیوزات سے ہمیں مستفید فرما رب کریم نبی کریم صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کی سیرت اور کیفیات سے ہمیں منور فرما رب کریم تمام صدیقین اور صالحین کا اخلاص اور طلب اور مجاہدہ ہمیں نصیب فرما رب کریم ہمیں اس طریقہ سلسلہ کا اچھا رکن بنا اچھا سالک بنا تمام آداب ہمیں نصیب فرما رب کریم ہم با ادب ہونا چاہتے ہیں بے ادب نہیں ہونا چاہتے رب کریم ہم بے نصیب ہیں شاید اس وجہ سے کہ ہم بے ادب ہیں رب کریم ہمیں با ادب با نصیب بنا دیجئے رب کریم جو بھی صفات آپ کو پسند ہے جو بھی صفات آخرت میں کام آئیں ہیں ان تمام صفات ہمیں عطا فرما اور جن صفات سے ہمارا نفس بڑھتا ہے جن صفات سے شیطان کو موقع ملتا ہے رب کریم ہم سب کو ان تمام صفات سے صاف پاک فرما ہم ان تمام صفات سے ہمارا دل سے نکال دیجئے یا اللہ رب کریم رمضان کا مہینہ آ چکا ہے اس طرح آپ نے ہمیں اس رحمت والا مہینہ کے اندر داخل کر لیا اپنی رحمت میں بھی داخل کر لیجئے اپنی رحمت کے سمندر ہم پر گھیر لیجئے رب کریم ہم پہلے بھی رمضان کے بعد گناہ کر چکے ہیں عمر کے بعد گناہ کر چکے ہیں حج کے بعد گناہ کر چکے ہیں اتقاف کے بعد گناہ کر چکے ہیں ہم ہر ہر بیان کے بعد گنا کرتے گنا کر چکے ہیں ہر عمل کے بعد گنا کر چکے ہیں رب کریم آج اس رمضان کو ایک ایسا عمل اور محنت بنا دیجئے کہ اس کے بعد ہم دوبارہ کبھی گنا کی طرف نہیں لوٹے ہمیں تتکون کے مزداد بنا رب کریم ہم نے اب تک ایک روزہ بھی نہیں رکھا آپ نے تراوی کی توفیق نصیب فرمائے کھڑے ہونے کی توفیق نصیب فرمائے یا رب کریم ایک روزے کیے بغیر آپ نے یہ ہمت ہمیں دی رب کریم انتیس تیس روزے رکھنے کے بعد ہمیں پورا تقوی حاصل کرنے کے لیے ہمت عطا فرما دین اسلام میں ہمیں شامل بنا رب کریم یا اللہ جس طرح آپ نے ہمیں اس رمضان و مبارک مہینے کو خیریت آفیت سے پچایا رب کریم اسی طرح ہمیں جنت الفردوس بخیریت آفیت ہمیں پہنچا دینا رب کریم اگر اس دنیا میں آپ کی رحمت ہمیں مل سکتی ہے تو ہم اپنے آپ کے کرم سے امید کرتے ہیں کہ قیامت کے دن آپ ہمیں محروم نہیں کریں گے تو تو رب رمضان ہے رب مؤمنین ہے رب انسان ہے رب عالمین ہے یا رب کریم جس طرح تو ہمارے اس جہاں میں رب ہے اس دن میں بھی ہمارا رب بننا آخرت میں ہمارا رب بننا یا رب کریم جس طرح اس جہان میں آپ اپنی ایسی رحمتیں نازل کر رہے ہیں کہ مستحقین نار بھی معاف ہو جائیں گے 
بکھرے میں قیامت کے دن بھی اگر ہم وہاں بھی مستحقین نار بن کر آئیں تو یار بکھرے میں وہی رحمت ہم پر اس دن نازل فرما جب اس مہینے کے آخری اشر میں نازل فرماتے ہیں یا بکریم ہم سب کو سائمین میں سے منا مسلم میں سے منا متقین میں سے منا مخلصین میں سے منا اپنے مقبولین محبوبین میں سے منا محبین میں سے بنا یا کریم ہمارا انجام مؤمنین والا بنا ربنا تکمل منا ان کا انت سمی العلیم و تم ولین ان کا انت تواب الرحیم و صلی اللہ تعالی علی حبیبہ سیدنا محمد و علیہ و اصحابہ اجمعین برحمتک یا ارحم الراحمین